3,000 years ago, a song of despair was written in the kingdom of Israel. And it was written to their God. And it was written in relationship with their God. And it was written for a gathering of people. And it pours out the real heart of fear and rejection that that songwriter felt. And we have put it in the Old Testament. And we call it Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. By day, I call out to you, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you're enthroned as the Holy One, the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and were delivered. They called out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. But you brought me out of the womb. Even at my mother's breast, you made me trust you. From birth, I've been cast upon you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. But trouble is near. And there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. They peer. Roaring lions who tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax within me. And it has melted. My mouth is like a potsherd and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me down in the dust of death. Many dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them. They cast lots for my garments. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Save my precious life from the power of dogs. Save me from the mouths of the lions. Rescue me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him, you descendants of Israel. For he has not scorned or despised the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him. He has heard his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before my people, I will fulfill my vow. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. 
all the ends of the earth turn and remember the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before him. The dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules the nations. The rich of the earth will feast and worship. Those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot save themselves, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told of the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. Go three thousand year old spoken word. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks very much. I don't know if they applauded in three thousand years ago, Israel. I don't know what they did to show their current. Probably danced around in circles. <laughs> but um, I mean, you can do that. You're offering. Do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> I think, can we, we'll stick with what we've got so far. This weird, this layout is weird enough for me already. <laughs> they kind of feel like choir stalls. I don't know if you've ever been like in a really old church where they have like, like Harry Potter, where they're like all facing each other while they do their like, yeah, like pews, like choir stall pews. Anyway. <laughs> Today we're thinking about worshipping God with all our mind. And that is frankly ridiculously hard. Um, I... The mind is so complex, and I just, I try to manage my thought life, but sometimes it just spools out of control. You hear that psalm at the beginning, where the guy is just listing all the things that are attacking him. You don't need to have picked up every little bit of it, I mean, we'll go through in detail, but you know, it just spools out, he's saying, I've got lions against me, I've got bulls against me, there's people, there's dogs, and I'm like, how many animals do your enemy have? Like, it's relentless. It's just like, are you being attacked by a zoo? Like, what is wrong? It's like, is, was that Israel's enemy? 3,000 years ago, Israel's enemy owned a zoo, and what they did was they just sent the zoo out. Like, unbelievable, like lions and dogs and piercing my hands and my feet. I'm like, this... This enemy is so real and so close and terrifying. And this guy's thoughts are just spooling out of control. Like this, is, this guy, the person that have written this, maybe wrote it in a team of people like we have our worship team. Um, but they'll have been the people that led the nation of Israel in song of praise to God. Right? Did you hear the first like 20 lines? It was not exactly the sort of like, praise we generally get in church. It wasn't like, God is great. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. It was, my life is terrible. Help me. Someone help me. Where are you, God? You know, the, the stereotype of a happy, clappy church is that we don't do real, that we don't do authentic, that we just clap along. But this is real and this is raw. This guy is saying that God, the person that he's supposed to be leading everyone in song to praise towards, has deserted him. Completely deserted. Do you know who quotes this psalm in the New Testament? Jesus. So that's God made man. That's God come to save us all. That's God who died for us all. On the cross, that's where he was killed. That's where he was executed by the Roman Empire. He quotes the beginning of the psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And then he quotes the end. 
he has done it. It is finished. And I'm thinking he probably goes through the whole thing whilst he's in that situation. So we have a pretty good reference that this psalm is worth something. It's worth digging into that we can actually figure out our praise lives and our prayer lives by this kind of stuff. But, but how? Do, do we do that? Can, do we feel like we can be really that real before God? You know, it's that old thing that, you know, I've got friends who, like, who don't believe God exists, but they hate him. So, okay. Yeah, fair enough. And I, and I, I, you know what? I get it. You know, you get it, don't you? It doesn't really make any logical sense, right? But you get the idea that they don't believe God exists, don't want to believe God exists, but they know that if or when or, yes, he exists, but I know I hate him. I don't know anything else about it, but I know I hate him. And it's a bit like that. Like, do, can, can, we be, can we even be that real? Can we even be that real before God? Can we bring that despair? Can we pour out that complaint? I don't know what situation you're coming to this service in. I don't know what your week's been like. I've heard people have lost limbs this week. Uh, <laughs> you all right? <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's, it's been a difficult week for some of us. <laughs> I don't know if it's been that bad for you, but um, I know it's been hard for some of us. Maybe it's not just this last week. Maybe it's this last month. Maybe it's not been your year. Oh, that's a song that isn't there. Maybe it's not been your month, but I'll be there for you. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's been your week. I don't know if it's been your month. I don't know if it's been your year, but... I don't know what situation, yeah. Do you want to lead, do you want to lead in song? Alex, I know you love singing. Let me see. Oh. Dan, I thought better of you. That's our worship leader. <laughs> so we don't get full on despair, we get friends. Um, I don't know what situation you're coming to this service in. Um, but the one thing I think we can hear from this psalm is you can bring your authentic, raw self before God. I don't know if you really want to, but you can. I don't know if you really want to, but you, you can. Our minds are a complex thing. I don't, um, there's, a, there's a philosophy of the mind which says that um, our minds aren't like computers, right? So often we can think of our minds as like a really good computer. Then we've heard about artificial intelligence, that maybe we're going to a point where machines can think like humans, they can live like humans. But our minds aren't like computers. Um, imagine this. There's a little girl in a cave, and uh, she's got all the textbooks available to mankind on what a mother is. She's got every bit of information available to understand what a mum is, but she's never met her mum. When she finally meets her mum after processing all this information, do you think she gained something? I'd say she did, because our minds aren't like computers. They don't just absorb loads of information. Our minds are actually more complicated than that. Our minds are actually made for relationship. There's an aspect of our minds which is relational and not intellectual, which is, which is like heart, it's like in a sense heart to heart, it's like mind to mind. There's a there's a connection between people which is different to a connection with information. Our minds are made for relationship. There's actually a part of our minds, right? The part that you, you know how you're all self-aware? 
most of us are self-aware anyway. I mean, there's, I don't know if you've ever driven anywhere and it, or talked to, you know, some people aren't self-aware, it's fine. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we get on a bus, yeah, there's some people that aren't self-aware. But um, we are all self-aware, we all know ourselves exist, right? You're following me, we all know. The same part of the brain that says that I exist and I am me is the same part of the brain that says you are you. Because we don't know who we are unless we know who someone else is. Same part of your brain that, that tells you that that's who you are is exactly the same part that says that's who Josh is and that's who Gemma is. You can't actually function, you can't, your mind can't function unless you know somebody else. It just doesn't work. Your mind can't function unless you're in a relationship. And I believe that's because God made us for a relationship. It didn't just make us for a relationship with each other. He made us for a relationship with him. So if we're going to worship with all our minds, how are we going to do that? Let's join the dots. It's not just going to be about processing information. We may got bombarded all day by information, but it's going to be about living out relationship. It's going to be about living out relationship with God. And that might seem like a bizarre idea. It might say, how do you live, how are you in relationship with God? But I think this psalm gives us a window into it. We can start relationship with God from that point of, I don't believe in you, but I hate you. You can start there. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Do you get my situation? Do you get what my parents were like? Do you get what my friends are like? Do you get that I don't have anyone? Do you get my situation? Why have you made me like this? Why is this like this? Why are you, do you not help me? If you exist, what is wrong with you? You can start from there. And I'm not just talking to the people that wouldn't call themselves Christians talking to the church. I'm talking to you guys. When we start to get a mind for worship, we start from the point of, God, why have you left me? Where are you? Be close. And he goes from that point in the psalm. It goes, this is, that's the first step. Where are you, God? I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Where are you? Why have you left me? Why is life like this? And the next step is, okay, who are you, God? The next, next stanza says, um, it starts with, in you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and were delivered. Who are you, God? This is who you're supposed to be. Not saying this is who you are, because it doesn't seem like it given my situation. But this is who you're supposed to be. Our ancestors trusted you, and they were saved. Now, ancestors, funny word, but, um, <laughs> and it's not one we generally use apart from on who do you think you are, but or like genealogy, um, but everybody who is in the church, which is the family of God, their ancestors are Israel, because that is the, that is the story, Israel, the story of the family of God throughout time to this point. And it's complicated because no, we're not in Israel anymore, but they are our ancestors too. So when this psalmist cries out, our ancestors put their trust in you, and they were saved, you can do that too. We too can cry out. You in the past... I've heard, I've heard things said of you that, quite frankly, I don't think are true because you're not delivering on them, but I've heard, you, I've heard people say that you are good. I've heard people say that when they were in the mire, in the muck, in the dirt of life, right down in the gutter, I've heard them say, you came through. 
Not saying that's happened for me yet, God, but I've heard it. The psalmist goes through in this step of saying who God is. And then we go to ourselves. But me? I, I am a worm and not a man. Let's just roll back. Remember I said that Jesus, who is God made man, who is God who died for us, said this too. I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by everyone, despised by the people who see me, mock me. I don't know if you ever had a week like that, where you just feel like everybody is against you. Everybody. And it can be of such small things, just feel like the whole world is closing in on you, and you're like, what am I? Am I even a person? Because people don't treat me like that. I've not had it for a long time, but I used to feel like that a lot in high school. Classic teenage Felt like the world was against me. There's that famous song in there. The the boy, the teenager, kicked out of the world. The world kicked back harder. That's what I felt like. I felt like everyone was against me. I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by everyone. Despised by the people. I think there's a sense of him overstating here. But let's not get into that. Everybody hates him. And he says, they mock me. They hurl insults and they shake their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. I don't know if anyone said that to you, but <laughs> he obviously thinks a lot of himself. He just thinks he trusts the Lord. But he's, being, he's a worship leader, right? And he feels like that's what people say to him. Feels like he's front and center, the one that's leading the praise. And everyone's going, well, you trust in the Lord. Where is it for you in your bad situation? No, not there is he. That's what he feels like. He feels like everyone is against him. They're just making fun of him, mocking him. So we get to this point. We've gone through from... I hate you, God. Where are you? You're supposed to have done these things. Where are you? My life is terrible. Where are you? And then the step is of just pouring out the the absolute dirt of life. Just pouring it out. Pour out your complaint. My friend said, I was having just a bit of a difficult week. And my friend texted me. And he said, the more you reveal to God, the more he can heal. And oh, that is me all over. I do not want to show my real. I do not want to reveal. So it really limits the amount I can be healed. Really, I, I find it so hard, even with my friends, to open up about how I'm doing. Just really want to batten down the hatches and say, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> it's a funny story. So my, um, my, uh, my uh, father-in-law this week was ill, and he was uh, disgusting, but he was throwing up all night, and um, in the morning, my, my, my sister... <laughs> did, did you not know this? This is my wife, everybody. <laughs> she didn't know that her dad was really ill. Anyway, it was... Up, it was <laughs> great. Um, anyway, it's throwing up all night, really ill. In the morning, so uh, my sister-in-law goes around to him, knows he's been up all night, could you hear him and all that kind of said you know, are you okay? And he went, I'm absolutely fine. And she's like, I'll get you a cup of... No, no, I'm absolutely fine. He kept saying, I'm absolutely fine. She's like, great, right. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll write on your gravestone, I'm absolutely fine. (laughs) Then you might get a cup of tea. Anyway, so don't know if you're ever in an I'm absolutely fine situation. Maybe the sort of person actually finds it really easy to pour out. Um, but really never gets around to the real stuff anyway. So pulls out a load of stuff, but never the real stuff. But um, at this point in the psalm, he starts pouring out. And I was trying to do it this week, revealing so God can heal, entering into relationship 
done those stages. Now I'm going to reveal God. Okay, I think you're listening. So, okay, this is what this is my reality. It feels like this. It feels like I can't manage anything. It feels like I'm so disorganized that my house will fall apart. It feels like I'm so bad at, me, at keeping up my friends that I'm going to be deserted. It feels like there are lions attacking me even though I'm not in a zoo. It feels like there are elephants everywhere and bulls, and it feels like this, and it feels like that. And that bit, actually, can you bring up the psalm? Because that bit is the longest bit. It's right, it's... Um, pow. Uh, <laughs> Next one, sorry, next one. Next one down. Um, uh, next one down, we've done this bit. Oh, no, we haven't. There, there we go, that's it. Right, so this is, a, this is actually one of the biggest bits of that. The central, central chunk of the psalm is just telling how many stuff is going wrong. I don't know if when you were listening, you were like, is this guy ever going to stop saying random stuff, like in a long list? Is he ever going to get to a conclusion? Because it feels like that. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions who tear their prey open, their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax and it is melted within me. My mouth is like a pot's herd. What's a pot's herd? My mouth is like a pot's herd. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Doesn't sound like that bad if your tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. But apparently that's an, an ancient issue. Your tongue sti- my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. To be fair, you can't, you can't talk, could you? But, um... You lay me down in the... Sorry, I just think that is funny. <laughs> my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. Sounds kind of okay. You lay me down in the dust of death. That's bad. <laughs> That's when it really hits rock bottom. You lay me down in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and glow over me. They divide my clothes among them. They cast lots for my garment. But you, oh Lord. That's when we have the transition. So there's a pouring out of complaint. And I was doing that this week, just pouring out, just God, trying to get lower, digging lower and lower and lower into, I think this is what's wrong. I think this is what's wrong. And I kind of found the, the bottom. And I thought, ah, oh, this, I've now got the bottom of the list. And then my wife came home and explained to me that actually I hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is my counselor and my rock. <laughs> No, but seriously, she did. I was like, I've, I've got there now. I've got there. I've stopped feeling so angry. I mean, I was feeling terrible. I was like up all night, feeling so anxious about all this stuff, listing, 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 listing. And then I got home and I was like, oh, these are the things that I'm going wrong, Holly. And she's like, nah, actually, I think it's more than that. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. It is about my dad. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but she really did. She really did. She helped me to dig even deeper. That list is really long. Yours can be too. That list is really long. Don't stay with the surface issues. Keep going down. It's not just the lions. There's something else underneath this. The lions are the start, things that are attacking me. Where do we get by the end? get to people. It's back being about people. My bones are on display. People can really see me for who I really am. People can really see me for the real rubbish that's inside. People can really see me for the the not fun, not interesting, not likable person that I really am. People can really see me and Jesus, I can't deal with it because I am on display. I hate it.
And then you get down, down further into it, down further into it. And where does it end? They divide my clothes among them and cast lots of my garments. You know what I think? Just, just humor me for a moment. I think there's something about the randomness in life, of life in that verse. They cast lots for my garments. Do you ever feel like you're just floating through life and nothing makes sense and the world is against you and you're just not holding it together? I don't think that simply they cast lots for my garments, which is the awful thing that your clothes have been nicked. But, but I also think it's the... The dice have been rolled for my stuff, and I'm not in charge of even the roll. The dice have been rolled for my life, and I can't even control the swing. The universe seems like this random mass of stuff, and I am just floating around in it, and I can't find any anchor. That's where he ends. I think he, he ends. And remember, do not forget, remember, who says this psalm as well? Who quotes this psalm again? This is Jesus, God made man. This is the human condition that we feel like we're falling apart and we feel like everything is spooling out of control and we feel like our lives have no meaning. Nothing, no meaning at all. That's where we get. And then there's a But. And this is the most important but in the entire psalm. <laughs> this is the but. <laughs> Seriously, though, this, this but is really important. This but is the transition that the whole thing hinges on. So we've gone through. <laughs> yeah? We've gone through. I hate you. You don't exist, but I hate you. Ah. You did this for other people, why not for me? I still hate you. I am rubbish. I have nothing. Why did you make me like this? There is a zoo attacking me. <laughs> My life is meaningless. Everybody is against me. I can't deal with this. And then we get the transition. Then we get the switch. Then we get God saying, yeah, but... Humanity doesn't end here. The randomness of space doesn't end here. There is a story over your life. There is a truth over your life. You don't have to feel like it's meaningful. You don't have to feel like you've got it together because I've got you. I've got you and I have it. He says, but you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me deliver my life. Get in the situation, God. Come in the situation. But you come in. Do you remember I said that our minds aren't just made for processing information. They're made for relationship. This is where the relationship steps in. This is where the friend steps in. This is where God says, but stop. I've got this. And I've got you. I've got this. And I've got you. And then he says, I, okay, okay. This is when we get to the point where you can start worshipping. This is where we get to the point where you start worshipping all your mind. I will praise you. In the spite of everything, I'm not going to forget everything. This isn't a but that says that all doesn't matter and I've forgotten that and we can live life happy clappy and it's all fine. This is a but that says, okay, nevertheless, you're here with me. When I'm in the middle of the night so anxious and feeling sick I can't sleep. When it's in the day and I can't start anything, when I can never get in flow and I can't focus. This is when God steps in and says, 
but, but I am here and I will never let you go. I don't know if you've met Jesus. I don't know if you have a relationship with him. I don't know if it's on and off on the blink. But right here tonight, I invite you to connect. I invite you to connect and make the most important relationship you'll ever make. I don't know if you remember when you came to uni and you felt like, oh, these are my friends. Finally, I found the real people, my friends. And maybe one a week, two weeks in, you thought, oh, no, maybe these are my friends. And, and then you roll through and you like, you pick up a few along the way, but you fe- keep feeling like the relationship, this, this or one will satisfy, this one will satisfy, this one will satisfy, and it never does. Well, I tell you the truth, this one satisfies. But but I will praise you. Come into the situation. I will praise you. Okay, if you've got it, Lord, I will praise you. I will hand it over to you. I will worship you anyway. Roll on. You who fear the Lord, praise him. And he gets to a situation, this psalmist, finally gets to start doing his job. (laughs) You ever feel like that when you're like, oh, actually, I've been anxious so long and I forgot to turn up for work. Um, You who fear the Lord, praise him. Because he's saying, the community. What is his job? It's to lead the church. It is to lead the people of God. You who fear the Lord, praise him. Finally, okay, God's in the situation. Okay, I can deal with this. I'm going to lie on you, God. Okay, I can do my job. Praise him. My people, my people, praise him. Why? Because he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him. He has heard his cry for help. He has heard you. I tell you, if you do not know him, I tell you, if you hate him, I tell you, if you've never even heard about him, he has heard you. He's heard your cry for help, and he is here, ready to make relationship in the way you were made to make relationship. So praise him. So praise him. He's starting. You can do this. The community's coming together. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Why? Because he is good. And then, actually, this is my favorite bit. And I'm just going to roll it to the end because it goes, he starts saying, from you comes the theme of my praise. This is the psalmist saying, from you comes the chant in my ear. It is God. It is relationship with God. It was nothing else. It doesn't matter about the enemy. It doesn't matter about my circumstance. This is God. This is God here for me right now. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. The story of God written over my life is what is actually real. The story of God, where he's taking me. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before my people, I will fulfill my vow. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will turn and remember the Lord. Those who seek him, those who seek him are gathered, even the poor, and they can eat. Those who seek him, everyone will bow down before him. And the future, where are we going? Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about him. They will proclaim his righteousness, not just me, not just my job, but people coming. There are people on the hill. There are people in the future. This is not just me on my own. There's a story here, and there's a story of victory. There's a story here, and I'm part of it. And there's a story here of victory. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, what? He has done it. Say it again with me. He has done it. That wasn't up. Come on. One last time, come on. He has done it. 
When you're in the midst of that anxious night where you feel too sick to sleep, when you feel like everything is meaningless, when you feel like everyone hates you, when you feel like there's a zoo about to attack you, he has done it. That is relationship with Jesus. This is relationship with Jesus. He has done it. Not only for you, but for everyone. Not only for you, but for everyone. That is how we worship God with all our mind. That is how we do it. That's how the psalmist did. That's how we did it. And we're going to start worshiping now. And we're going to start by right back over here. Do you remember? Where do we start? We start by being real. We start, I hate you, God. I don't even know if you exist, but I know I hate you. And we step through it. And we start to unravel. And we start to reveal why so he can heal. And we start to reveal why so he can enter in. And we start to reveal why because he can make relationship. So let's start doing this. Let's start doing this. Dan, do you want to start coming up? I'm going to start. We're going to pray through this, and we're going to pray into it. And I want you to start right back there, and I want you to invite Jesus into the situation. Don't go away from here without inviting him in. Don't go away from here by making the most significant relationship you can make.